Hello and welcome to Finch Shots Daily. In today's episode, we explain the most interesting bits from the latest climate change report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Do you want to read a 3,675-page report on climate change? Okay, how about a 96-page report stuffed with the technicalities? Maybe if you are a busy policymaker, a 37-page high-level summary will suffice. Let's be honest. Very few people are going to read this report. These things are usually drab, boring, littered with incomprehensible words and will likely put you to sleep in five minutes. But that being said, the IPCC report is likely going to be one of the most important documents of the 21st century. So we try to read parts of it and a bunch of other research papers to put together some interesting stuff for you about colonialism, maladaptation and emerging diseases. So let's start with colonialism. Picture Bangalore in the 6th century. It was dry, it was arid and filled with thorny trees. Rulers at the time decided that they were going to change the terrain, mold it from a semi-arid landscape to a fertile land. They built tanks and streams to trap rainwater and help local communities thrive. And they did. By the time Kempe Gowda laid the foundation for what would become Bengaluru as we know it today, the landscape was already teeming with water bodies. This was the 15th century, but the visionary that he was, he decided to take it up a notch. We had more tanks, more lakes and more open wells than ever before. Local communities thrived. And then came the British. They loved the city. Only by now the water wasn't enough. The tanks weren't cutting it anymore. And as the population grew, the British decided to set up piped networks to fetch water from places afar. They also cared about the aesthetics. So communities couldn't fish off farm around lakes anymore and they had to migrate elsewhere. The lakes went dry. Settlements took over. And that brings us to post-independence India. By now, bore wells and the piped network served most of Bengaluru's water needs. And the old network of tanks that had once served multiple generations went out of use. Also, as the report notes, quote, more prolonged and costly water transfers took place in the post-colonial period, delivering water from the Kaveri River in a massive engineering project, unquote. A few decades passed by and we are now in the present. As it stands today, Bengaluru is running out of groundwater. There's an ongoing dispute over the sharing of the river Kaveri. The city is still short on water and the more sustainable alternatives, including the old tanks and lakes, have all but disappeared. Thanks to colonialism and the post-colonial policies. Or at least, that's what the report contends. Then, there's maladaptation. What's that, you ask? Well, we adapt, we make changes to our way of life when dealing with adverse events. Climate change, for instance. You could be planting a different crop when rainfall is low. You could be building out infrastructure to protect your community against floods. Or maybe you're keeping away from the coastlines to protect the ecological niche. You get the drift. Now, maladaptation is when these adaptations don't work as intended. Or when they backfire rather spectacularly. Instead of protecting us from the vagaries of climate change, they bring us closer to harm. Now, let's take the example of Mumbai. We know that India's city of dreams has largely been built on land reclaimed from the sea. 
It's already altered the marine ecosystem and multiple reports have pointed out how Mumbai will bear the brunt of climate change. Think floods for instance. Now, one way to deal with this is to build a flood wall along the sea. Even better, you build a road on top to deal with Mumbai's insane traffic. The result is a high-speed expressway called the Mumbai Coastal Road. At a height of about 6 meters from sea level, it's expected to counter the rising sea level. However, as Nikhil Anand, a researcher of climate change, points out, this may have unintended consequences. For instance, lower-lying regions like Prabhadevi, Tardeo and Warden Road may see higher instances of flooding since they are neighbouring the coastal road. This is to say, to truly understand the impact of such adaptations, you need to first evaluate all the possible maladaptations. And unless we do it thoroughly, we may only be compounding an already existing problem. And finally, emerging diseases. When COVID struck, everyone said the virus crossed over from a bat. But did it? We don't know for sure. However, animals, birds and insects host a cocktail of bacteria and viruses that keep crossing over all the time. Most of them are harmless. But ever so often, something like COVID-19 pops and it changes the world forever. But how is climate change related to all of this? Well, as the report notes, quote, Ticks that carry the virus that causes tick bone encephalitis have moved into northern sub-Arctic regions of Asia and Europe. Viruses like dengue, chikungunya and Japanese encephalitis are emerging in Nepal in hilly and mountainous areas. Novel outbreaks of Vibrio bacteria seafood poisoning are now being seen in Baltic states and Alaska where they were never documented before. Unquote. The point is, Infectious diseases that were once relegated to localized areas are now spreading everywhere because the hosts, that is animals and birds, are also on the move thanks to climate change. So yes, the report is a bombshell and hopefully we will have the opportunity to cover more items from the report over the next few months. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you want to share your feedback or suggestions, do drop us an email to hi at the rate finshots.in. Until next time.